Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. You know, Joshua and Janet, I'm just, I'm just happy as ever just to, just to hang out with them, just to be their friends. And, you know, Joshua's first mission trip, he went with me to India. Yeah, that was good fun. He got really sick. I told you not to drink that Nescafe. But anyways, <laughs> you know, we've just, we've just been so blessed just to watch what God's doing with their lives and their ministry and to watch how they're, you know, partnering with him and believing for ridiculous stuff. I remember right up here, they'd have meetings and up in the room, they'd have a breakfast. And I can remember prophesying over them. And I'd be saying to myself, you're going way too far. Like, you're prophesying crazy things. You're just saying, stop it. But I, I couldn't help it. It was a, just a stream of the globe of big things, of miracles. And, uh, and I just stepped back, and I believe there's so much more for these guys. And uh, I love you personally. love you bunches. It's been a joy to serve you and your family. But really, really honored to have a ministry of, of your scope and a ministry that is doing what you're doing. You're, you're not going out and speaking to people. You're equipping the nations to come into the revelation of his glory and of his goodness in, in a real hands-on, tangible ways. And I just have great respect and love and affection for you guys, and especially Lincoln. I mean, I love Lincoln so much. You know? But uh, you guys are the very, very best. We bless you. We welcome you. I told these guys whatever you need to do. I've, I said, please minister to people at the end as well and do that. So, uh, you know, we trust and respect these guys big time. And so we're going to turn it over to you guys. And uh, just come and bless us on this beautiful Pentecost Sunday. Come on, give it up. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, hallelujah. Can you guys just give God more glory in this place this morning? <laughs> hallelujah. He is so good. And we are so blessed to be in a house that's positioned to receive blessing and pour out blessing. I mean, how awesome is that? We need to be able to be generous receivers in order to be generous givers. So I hope you've come to this place this morning just expecting to generously receive so you can pour out. Amen? It's such a blessing. Um, our ministry um, has reached um, physically over 70 nations and more nations through media. Um, we are celebrating 20 years of marriage this September. And, and we're a young married couple young married hip couple and uh, there's no aging in the glory and um so we we travel the nations joshua more so now because we have a 17 year old here sitting on the front in school lincoln and lincoln actually has traveled to about 50 nations some of them rep repeatedly um, because i did homeschool him all the way to grade eight but he is in a local high school here and then we have liberty who's age seven who's in um london christian academy here in the city and we have our newly four-year-old legacy um so i'm not on the road as much you'll see my face here a little bit more than you'll see my husband's face and um we just we love god we believe his word on purpose, and um, we love his glory. And actually, all God requires is a yes. And so we've actually, just all of our marriage, and even before we've been raised in Christian homes, we've said yes. And so it's amazing what God can do with your life when you say yes. And we've all been given missions. We've all been given assignments. And where he gives a vision, he always gives a provision. And so he's anointed you to carry out the assignment. He's anointed you to carry out the mission that he's given you to do, whether it's locally, whether it's internationally, whether it's next door, um, just say yes and let God be God in your life. Amen. And so we travel the nations, equipping the nations. Um, we, we also sow into many missions. Um, my husband is sporting this wonderful Inuit attire today because we have actually traveled within our own country, within Canada, to the Arctic regions over 40 times. And we're actually going to be um, heading up to the Arctic the beginning of July, um, ministering to the youth. Um, there's a youth conference there. And so we're going to be just pray for us because 
up in the Arctic, I mean, there's communities that um, range from, you know, just a couple of hundred people to now I think one of the largest communities is Iqaluit where they have a few thousand people. Um, but the, a lot of people feel isolated in their communities and there has been um, cycles and cycles of addiction, cycles and cycles of abuse. And almost on a daily rate, there's suicides that are happening. And one of the pastors was actually at our place um, over a month, about a month ago, and his granddaughter that morning had committed suicide. And so the suicide rates are so high, they need hope. So just pray with us as we continue to go up. There's so many other ministries that have the Arctic regions on their heart, so many ministries going up there, and we're just one of them that just, um, within our own nation here in Canada, I just want to see hope come to these lives, young and old. And so just pray with us. Um, for that. And then also, I'm just going to make a couple quick announcements before I give my husband the mic. Um, we have some angel schools coming up. Some of the, the ministry assignments that God's given us to do is host glory schools. And um, and we have some angel schools, and Joshua might share a little bit more about that later. Uh, we have one in London, Ontario, September 5th, and it's actually a book release party slash angel school at the Riverbend Golf and Country Club on September 5th. Um, we, we love food, and so there's going to be lots of food there. It's going to be lots of glory and ministry, so you can get more information. Yeah, the one in London is the only one that has food. So, and when we say food, there's lots of it, and it's good. It's a full meal. It's a full buffet. It's a feast. So there's more information on the table there. Um, we just uh, love, love you, Pastor Carl and Cheryl. We... Um, honor you and we love that you've trusted us and journeyed with us all these years. Sometimes we've been at distance far away, sometimes we've been close, um, but you've always journeyed with us, always supported us, hopped on planes to join us on some of our crazy adventures, um, always just said go for it, always just really had our back and we appreciate that and honor the trust that you've placed in us, trusted the Holy Spirit in us. And so we're just so thankful for you on a personal level, on a ministerial level. We're very thankful um, for the both of you. And you are so blessed in this house to have such generous pastors. Amen. So thank you so much. Uh, many of you have journeyed with us all these years. Some of you don't know who we are, and that's okay. But some of you have journeyed with us all these years, and we honor you and thank you for supporting us, believing in us, loving our family, and um, just really having our back. So thank you so much. Hallelujah. Uh, it really is a, a real delight to be a part of Impact Church and a part of this congregation because everything about Pastor Carl has always been go, 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 go. I remember in the early years when the Lord started opening up some doors for us and I would come to Pastor Carl every time and say, is it okay if I go here? Is it okay if I go there? He's like, just go and do. You don't have to ask me. Just go and do what God has told you to do. But that's so different than a lot of places in the body of Christ where uh, you know, religion will always try to control you, manipulate you, hold you back and hold you down. But Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all of creation. And so we have that mandate on our life to preach the good news. Now, when I was about 14 years old, um, you know, I grew up, I was born and raised here in London, Ontario, uh, on the East End, out by uh, Dundas and Clark was kind of my hood. And... Uh, that's where I was born and raised. And when I was about 14 years old, I had an opportunity to go and attend a youth conference that was being held in Toronto. And our youth group was going and going to be a part of that. And we went there and I had never been to a, a conference like that before. And it was kind of a missions-based organization that was hosting that conference. And I remember when I went to that conference and they began speaking of the gospel and speaking about Jesus's desire to have people that would be willing to say yes, people that would be willing to go, people that would be willing to just be used of the Lord, however it is that he wants to use it. I remember feeling the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart for it. And I knew undeniably that God had called me to, to go in and reach people that I didn't know about and I hadn't seen and I hadn't met before. And I remember feeling the pull so strong that that organization was going to be sending a short-term mission group out to Mexico for a one-week 
missionary journey uh, at the end of December, and this was probably in October that I was at the conference, and I remember feeling so strongly that I had to go and I had to be a part of it. And uh, that was the first time that, that I had ever considered doing missions or ever being a part of uh, something like that. And I remember coming home and telling my parents, and I was crying, and I said, I just know that I have to go. And my parents said, yes, if the Lord told you that you have to go, then we will make sure that it happens. And I don't know how God did it, but in that short little period of time, we were able to raise the money. I remember doing a few spaghetti dinners and kind of some other kind of stuff just to kind of get the finances. But all the finances, it's amazing when you say yes to God, how he will cause the provision to follow. Sometimes we look at what God's called us to do and we say, God, I don't know how I can do that. God, I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the connections to do that. But God's not looking for you to figure it out. He's just looking for you to say yes. And I remember when I said yes, he, he made everything come into line. He made everything fall into place. And I went on that one week missions trip and, and it was life changing and it was amazing and it was powerful. And it was really, really good. And I came home and I knew that there was something in my life that would be connected with missions, but I didn't perceive at that time that it was going to be a full-time call, that it was going to be the rest of my life. I'd be going to the nations. I remember feeling, you know, there's some kind of connection. I I know I'm going to be doing some kind of missionary work and I had gone to Mexico. And so I spent the three years in high school, instead of doing uh, French classes, I, I asked them if I could do Spanish classes because I thought maybe my mission would be to Mexico, you know? And so I uh, spent my high school years over at H.B. Beale uh, going through the Spanish language program and I excelled at Spanish. I did very well in Spanish and it was part of, you know, what I felt like maybe God was opening up and maybe God was doing for me a little bit. I would have a mission component to what I wanted to do with my life. And what I wanted to do with my life at that time was I wanted to work for Disney. I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to work in the film and animation department. Actually, I was so excited about uh, this ambition, this goal that I had about being an animator that I had read the Toronto Star one weekend and there was a full, uh, almost a full page classified ad asking for animators from Canada for Warner Brothers feature animation in Sherman Oaks. And I got so excited when I saw that, I thought I could be an animator. Then I could, I could settle for Warner Brothers. That would be fine. And, uh, and so I put together all my drawings and all my uh, art that I had done. And I packaged it up without telling my parents. I had sent a little package down to California uh, telling them that I, I wanted to um, apply for this position that they had. I, I made a right, nice resume. I mean, everything. I, I kind of made it all up. And I sent it away. And well, it was a few weeks later. It was probably about nine o'clock at night. And I wasn't allowed to answer the phone after nine. And it was probably just a little after nine. The phone rang at our house. And I heard my dad answer the phone. And he was talking to somebody. Well, it turned out it was a lady that was a recruiter from Warner Brothers Feature Animation. She had received my package, really loved uh, my stuff, and they were wanting me to come uh, to California for an, an official interview because they were very interested in hiring me for uh, Warner Brothers Film and Animation. Well, the only problem was they didn't realize I was only 16 years old, and um, I still had high school to finish. And... Uh, and so my father proceeded to tell them my name and told them I wasn't ready to move to California. And uh, I, tell you, I was so upset at my dad. I was so upset when uh, he totally shut that door uh, with Warner Brothers. And I couldn't believe that he told them how old I was. I mean, I just need to show up and, and show them that I could do the job. And, uh, but God had other plans in mind. God had other things in mind for my life. And later on that year, uh, my parents had heard about an uh, anniversary service that was happening here at, it was called New Life Center at the time, here at Impact Church. And it was when the congregation was gathered on the other side of the wall. And my parents asked me if I would come with them to this church anniversary service. And so I said, of course, yes, that I would come. 
And I remember when I walked in the back doors, it was the weirdest church anniversary service you have ever been to in your entire life. I saw things happening in this place that I had never seen anywhere else growing up in the church, fifth generation Pentecostal. I'd never seen these kinds of things ever happen before. I mean, I walked in the back door and I remember the first thing I saw was this lady and uh, in my mind, she looked like a chef that was cutting the vegetables and she was just going like this with her hands nonstop. And I thought, what is that woman doing? She's just going like cutting the vegetables. And, uh, and then we walked further in and there were people that were rolling around on the floor and people that were fall, fell down under the power of the spirit. And there was people that were laughing and they were extremely happy. I mean, it was the craziest thing you ever saw. And I remember we came into those meetings and the praise and worship was going on. And I was just kind of wide eyed looking at everything that was going on. And it came time for the evangelist to get up and preach. And he was a guest evangelist from Florida. And uh, he said, open up your Bible to Acts chapter two. Why don't you do that right now? Let's just open up our Bible to Acts. Let's open the book of Acts. Maybe let's go to Acts one. He said, open your Bible to Acts chapter two. And when he said that, it was like the power of God came all over me and I fell out of my seat onto the ground and I began laughing hysterically and I began rolling around under the seats and I was laughing and I was filled with the joy of the Lord and God was doing something inside of me in that moment that was so beyond what I could ever comprehend in the natural went beyond what I understood or what I'd ever seen in my life but God wanted to pour his spirit in me so that he could release his spirit through me now Jesus in Acts chapter 1 and I want you to look at this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, these are Jesus' words. And Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now that word power is dunamis. It's speaking about the dynamic, explosive power of the Holy Spirit of God coming upon you. And when it comes upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Sometimes we wanted out of the desire of our heart, we wanted to be a witness for Christ. And we wanted to do the right thing for Christ. And we wanted to live for Christ. And we wanted to be an example of Christ everywhere we go. But sometimes we've said, but God, not too much Holy Spirit. Because what will people think if the Holy Spirit comes on me? What will people think if the Holy Spirit begins to fill me? What will people think if the Holy Spirit begins to overtake my life? What will people, who cares what people will think? Jesus said, if you'll give yourself to the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit comes on you, there's going to be something that happens in your life that is so dynamic and so explosive. It will not be able to be hidden, but what God will do in and through you will be seen as a testimony throughout all the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands to the realm right now. Just lift up your hands into the glory. Father, in the name of Jesus right now. God, I thank you that your glory is here. God, I thank you that the manifestation of your presence is here right now. God, I thank you that you are releasing a new anointing, a fresh anointing, a fresh oil. Oh yes, a fresh outpouring, a Pentecost blessing upon your people in this place this morning. Lord, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit once again. Lord, we want another touch. We want another infilling. Lord, we want a fresh release from heaven that will cause us to be witnesses everywhere that we go. Whoa. Come on, just lift up your hands and just receive right now. Just receive, just receive. Like Janet said, you got to become a generous receiver.
This morning, God wants you to be a generous receiver of the gift of the Holy Spirit that he's releasing. He wants you to be a generous receiver of the anointing that is being poured out. Be a generous receiver of the oil of God right now. Just be a generous receiver of everything that God is pouring out right now for you because there's a call on your life. There's an assignment on your life. There's a mandate on your life. You can feel the Holy Spirit pulling you towards it. You know that you're destined for it, but God wants to heighten that work and God wants to enable that work and empower that work by the power of the Holy Spirit of glory. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we ask for more right now. More, 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 more. Lord, we want more. We don't just want a little bit. God, we don't just want some of you. We want all of you. All of you. All of what you're releasing. Lord, we want to become open containers to receive. Oh, yes. You can't give what you don't have. So God says, open up a little bit more. I want to fill you completely full. Oh, I want to feed you with my oil so I can pour my oil out of you. <laughs> oh, God, make it oily in this place this morning. Make it real oily. God, drench us with the oil of your spirit. The oil of blessing, the oil of peace, the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, the oil of healing. Lord, pour it out this morning in this place right now. Oh, just open up a little bit more. Let the Holy Ghost flow. Let him flow. Let him flow. Let him flow. He said from your innermost being shall flow rivers, 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 not a stream, not a trickle, <laughs> not a little dribble, but a river, rivers of living water, rivers of living. Lord, let your rivers, <laughs> let your, <laughs> let your rivers flow out of us. Oh, let the river flow in and let the river flow through. Let the river flow in and let the river flow through right now in Jesus mighty name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 oh ha 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 just open up and let the Holy Ghost come out. Just open up and let the Holy Ghost come through. Just open up and let the Holy Spirit bust out. Just open up and let the oil come. Let the river flow. Let the power of God be seen in and through you. Oh, Shayama say. If you don't know what to say, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Just stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. As you begin to pray in the Spirit, God begins to work something. God begins to do something. Hallelujah. 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 I got so filled with the Holy Ghost when I came here as a 16-year-old. God began anointing me in that moment for the call that he had already placed on me when I was 14 years old. You see, sometimes the call comes... And then you try to figure out how you're going to work it out. And God says, no, you don't have to figure it out. I'm going to work it by my spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Unless we open ourselves to the power of God's spirit, 
we'll never open our lives to see the fullness of what God can do. I was 16 years old, flopping around like a fish on the other side of the wall over there, filled with the joy of the Lord on the floor, making some sounds. And I imagine there may have been people there thinking, what is that kid doing? It's loud. He's distracting me. I can't hear the preacher preach. <laughs> How many times have we been guilty of being offended by the Holy Spirit? God begins to do something and it's not what we like or it's not what's up our alley or what we're comfortable with. And we try to dismiss it and say, and how could this be God? You know, I've often discovered, and I think Pastor Jack Deere said this, the first one, I think he's the one that said this, God will oftentimes offend your mind to reveal what's in your heart. God will offend your mind, your stinking thinking, to reveal what's in the heart. Do we really want him? Do we really want to go with God? Do we really want to be open to allow God to come in and flood our lives, to come and fill our lives entirely? Are we satisfied for a form of godliness, a form of Christianity? Or do we want to really be in Christ and Christ in us? Because Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. It's the anointing of God that destroys the heavy yoke, the heavy burden, the shackles, the weight, the things that have tried to hold you back. Sometimes it's been your past that's tried to hold you back. Sometimes it's earthly limitation that has tried to hold you back. Your finances tried to hold you back. Your mind has tried to hold you back. But God says, I have an anointing for that that will break through and break open every blessing I have called for you. All of God's promises are yes. But we have the responsibility to say amen. 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 Ha. God, if you said it, I'm going to believe it. Well, what did he say in Jeremiah 29, 11? He said, the plans I have for you are good. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Somebody say, I have a God future ahead of me. I got something God in front of me. Oh, it's not just good. It's God. It's God. It's God. And if it's God, then I'm going to have a God day. Ha. Huh. I tell my daughters when I'm dropping my daughter Liberty off at school, when I have the opportunity to drive her to school and drop her off, I always tell her, I say, Libby, you have a God day and you give a God day. You have a God day and you give a God day. In other words, find God today everywhere you look in everything you do. Experience God. And as you sow into others and speak to others and do unto others, make sure that they feel God as well. Oh, the anointing will change everything. Hallelujah. I wrote a, a book last fall. I had the opportunity to write a book and it was published by Whitaker House Publishing. If you don't have a copy of this, I encourage you to get a copy. It's called Moving in Glory Realms. The foreword was written by my friend Bill Johnson. Anybody heard of him? <laughs> He's pretty amazing. Um, but there's a chapter all about the anointing. I just want to read something real quick to you that I wrote here in regards to the anointing. The anointing is the manifest power of God that sets us apart. That's what the anointing is. According to the dictionary, the word anoint means to dedicate to the service of God or to consecrate or make sacred in a ceremony. When God's anointing comes upon you, it's God marking your life for his service. It's God setting you apart that you might be used for him. It's God dedicating you to the things of heaven that heaven might flow in and flow through you everywhere that you go. My friend Chris Harvey defines the anointing in this way. He says, it's the favor to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. The anointing of God, and this is what we're speaking about on Pentecost. Pentecost is a celebration of the day, the moment, the hour when the Holy Spirit was introduced to planet Earth. And for the first time, 
It wasn't just God close to me or God near me or God speaking to me from outwardly. But for the first time, it was God in me. God in me. God dwelling on the inside of me. His anointing working in my life. Oh. So we celebrate the anointing today. And we say, God, we need more of your anointing. We can't do it without your anointing. After I said yes to God, and I found myself here at the church and the Holy Spirit came out and poured out his anointing upon me. Let me tell you, my life was changed. Many people may not have been able to discern it in the moment that I was rolling around on the floor. But when I woke up the next and I say I woke up the next morning because I couldn't walk. I couldn't get up off the floor to walk home. I was so drunk in the Holy Spirit. I mean, so inebriated, so overtaken by the power of God. My parents were here and they had to carry me out of the church. They had to put me in the back of their minivan. They drove me home. I laughed the whole way home. We got home and they were trying to figure out what they're going to do with me. My bedroom was up beside theirs and they wanted to sleep. So they figured they'd throw me in the basement. And God could do whatever he wanted to do with me. And uh, I think this is the best thing for any parent of a teenager to do. If the Holy Ghost comes on your teenager, don't touch it. Let the Holy Ghost move in your teenager. Don't touch it. Don't criticize it. Don't come on. Because sometimes you think, well, maybe they're too zealous. Let them be zealous for God. Let them run with passion for God. Let them be overwhelmed by the prayer. It will save you many sorrows and much trouble. <laughs> My parents threw me in the basement. Let me be with God. And I woke up the next morning and I knew that I had encountered not just the person of God, but the very power of God. Him in his power. I'd encountered him. And it literally began to shift my entire life. I had a desire to seek God more than ever before. Now, I went to school at H.B. Beale just over across the bridge here. And uh, I found out that they were having continuous revival meetings here even during the day. They'd have morning sessions. And I discovered that if I timed it just right, as soon as the school bell rang, I could walk across the bridge. I could come here. I could get blasted by the Holy Ghost and then go back to school for the rest of the afternoon. And I started doing that. And I'd come and I'd be when there, the special meetings would be. I'd come and I'd get in. I'd get under the spout where the glory was coming out. The things of God will change your life. Make you passionate. Give you desire. Get you addicted to the presence of God, the good things, the real things, that which counts. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just lift up your hands, take another drink. All over this place, say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. This time I really mean it. Last time I kind of meant it, but this time I really mean it. Lord, I, re <laughs> Lord, I really mean it. Whatever you want to do, come and do it. Come and do it. Come and release it in my life right now in Jesus' name. I open up. I'm open to you, Lord. I'm open to you. I'm open to you. I'm open to you. Lord, I'm open to receive what you want to do. What you want to do. You get so full of God. You want to pursue him. You want to pursue his word. You want to begin worshiping him like never before. I found myself having this overwhelming desire to just spend time praising and worshiping the Lord. And I go up into my bedroom and I just, we had this tiny little toy keyboard that my brother and sister were learning piano on. And I take it into my room and I leave it there and I just sit down and I begin worshiping the Lord. And I didn't really know the first thing about what I was doing, but the Holy Spirit would begin to teach me. And the Holy Spirit would begin to show me. And the Holy Spirit began to teach me how to praise and how to worship him. And he began to give me songs that I could sing back to him. And I found myself living in this way. And my mother knew that if I was worshiping the Lord in my bedroom, don't call him down for dinner. Just let him be. And there were sometimes I didn't come down. I didn't eat and I didn't have dinner because I was caught up in the realms of heaven. Caught up in glory, in worshiping Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Amen. And God began to open up supernatural doors in my life. And that preacher that had been preaching here the night when I received that anointing from the Holy Spirit on the other side of the wall. 
that preacher from Florida. His name was Bill Wilson. He called me up. He was in a revival in San Diego, California. He said, would you come and be a part of the revival? Well, there's some things you got to pray about. And there's other things that you just know you're supposed to do. Remember, I had been trying to get to California through Warner Brothers. Well, now Bill Wilson called me. He said, do you want to come to California? And this time it's to, to worship the Lord. And this is where my heart was positioned. And I said, absolutely, yes. So I asked my parents, I said, is it okay for me to go? My dad said, yes, you can absolutely go. This time he said, yes. <laughs> Wasn't so mad at him anymore. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but I went down to California. I stayed for one week and I, I led worship at an extended revival. I was supposed to go for one week. It had been five weeks at that time. And I, I led worship for a week. And at the end of the week, uh, the airlines went on strike and I couldn't get home. And so Bill Wilson said, well, you might as well just stay. Don't try to figure out how you're going to get home. Just stay and lead worship for another week. So I stayed and I led worship for another week. And at the end of that week, he said, would you come on staff with my ministry and work with me leading worship? And so I would lead worship at his church in Florida. He was a pastor in Florida on the weekends. And then during the week, we would fly out to San Diego, California, and we'd do revival during the week in San Diego, California. So it was coast to coast. And that's how I started in the ministry. And God began opening up more doors of opportunity. And we ended up back here in Canada. And well, and I got married to Janet Angela. And um, there's a whole lot of stuff that kind of happened in between. Uh, but I ended up back in Canada. And one of my pastors when I was a, a child, um, his name's Pastor David Elliott. Over at, uh, he was over at Faith Tabernacle Church. And uh, he had asked me, he said, would you come with me up to the Canadian Arctic? Well, Remember, I told you there's some things you pray about and other things you know. Well, I knew that I didn't want to go anywhere it was cold. And so I told Pastor David, I said, I'm not, no, I don't, I'm not really interested. And I kind of made, you know, some other excuses for it and stuff. And, and that was kind of that. And for a whole year, the Holy Spirit started tugging at my heartstrings. And a year went around and came back and Pastor David asked me again, he said, would you consider coming to the Arctic. I feel like you're really supposed to come. And I said, I know I'm supposed to come. And when I said, yes, I thought that now I was just being obedient to God. I would do my duty the one time, you know, going to the Arctic and then maybe God would give me Hawaii or something like that. And, uh, and so I thought I was just going to go one time and that would be that. Well, we ended up going up to the Arctic. We flew as far as a Calloway and we had to switch planes because we we're going to be going further up into the Arctic circle onto Baffin Island to a place called Kikiktarjuak. When we got on the, the new plane, and Akalo is a, small, a much smaller plane, really just a puddle jumper, and we ended up on this little tiny plane, and it was about time to, to um, start taking off, and I just kind of rested my head back against the seat, and as soon as I did that, instantly I was caught up in the spirit. I was taken up out of my body in the realm of the spirit and I began seeing something that my eyes in the natural had never seen. I literally saw the, the landmass of the Canadian Arctic and I saw across the whole landmass from one side to the other and it was covered in a black filth all the way across. And the next thing I saw was I saw, the only way I can describe it, it was like the Lord took this rake and began raking back on this black filth. And as he began doing that, there was sparkling white crystal snow that was being revealed. Suddenly, the whole landmass was covered with this white crystal snow. The next thing, and it's, you know, when you try to describe prophetic things, it's always a difficult thing to do because in natural language, it never makes any sense. It doesn't, and you can't really convey it. But what I began to see was golden vegetation beginning to sprout up from that, that white snow. And all of a sudden, all across the Arctic, all different kinds of, and it was like fruit trees, it was bushes, it was plants, it was all different kinds of vegetation, some that looked like it belonged in Canada, some like it didn't look like it belonged. It was all coming up and sprouting up. And the Lord was showing me this and I, I didn't understand still what I was seeing. And I asked the Lord about it and he literally lowered me to the earth and he instructed me to pick, there was a, a stalk of corn that was golden corn that was coming up and he instructed me to take this golden ear of corn and open it up. And when I did that, it was like all, di you know, where you'd see like the kernel of the corn kernels, it was all diamond corn kernels inside the, the cob of corn. I mean, talk about scoring. I mean, the, uh, good piece of corn. And, uh, and it was all diamonds inside. And I still didn't understand. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, my abundance comes when my spirit and truth is revealed and accepted. 
And when he spoke that instantly, I was back in my body and I was totally aware of what was going on. And I had Pastor David Elliott was shaking me and he was calling my name. He said, Joshua, 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 are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I said, I'm just fine. Now they were worried because allegedly we had been on this whole trip all the way from Iqaluit up to Kikiktarjuak. I missed the whole thing. I was in the glory seeing stuff. I missed the whole trip. Well, allegedly it was the worst trip Pastor David had ever been on. It was like a roller coaster up and down. And uh, there were people just kind of screaming and shouting all this kind of stuff. And he thought he had taken me to the Arctic and maybe killed me on the way up to Kikiktarjuak. He was thankful that I wasn't dead. I told him what I saw in the spirit. He said, you need to tell the pastors as soon as we get off this plane. Well, the plane door opened and the pastors were standing literally right at the bottom of the plane. No security or any kind of stuff like that. I mean, they're right out on the tarmac and we came down and I started telling them and tears began welling up in their eyes. They said, this is a confirmation of what the Lord has already told us. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know anything about the Arctic. I didn't know anything about prophetic words that had been spoken. But God was confirming through this word that God desired to bring his abundance. God wanted to do a great work for those that would hear what the spirit was saying and receive it also. Somebody say, I want to be a generous receiver. I want to be a generous receiver of what God's doing, what he's releasing. And that was the way that God literally began to open up the Arctic to us. Instantly, I felt my heart knit with them. God began doing mighty signs and wonders, great miracles in the meetings in Kikik Tarjuak. Every single night, souls were getting saved. People were coming into the kingdom of God. I mean, it was awesome. The pastor started inviting me. Would you come here? Would you come there? And like Janet said, we've made more than 40 trips from one side to the other side of both Nunavik and Nunavut all over the Canadian Arctic, and we've seen the power of God come down. We've seen transformation take place. There was one town where the, the um, pastor, Annie Turtaluk, had purchased uh, one of my books that I'd written. It's long gone out of print. It's about, I wrote it about 20 years ago almost. And uh, she had purchased one of these books, and she had given it to her backslidden daughter. Her, the the son-in-law was the drug lord in town, in Wakem Bay up in uh, Nunavik. North, that's the Angava Peninsula, northern Quebec. And uh, she had given it to her daughter. Well, her daughter got sick one day and was laying on the couch. And so she had nothing to do but read the book. And so she started reading the book. And in the book, I was talking about miracles and signs and wonders and the things that we've seen God doing. She was wondering, you know, can God really do this? And as she would read about the sign and the wonder, the very thing she was reading about began to happen in her room as she was laying on the couch. And so there was about three or four different signs that took place. And she finally got so overwhelmed by the spirit of God right there in her, uh, in her uh, living room. She wanted to give her heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She called up her mother who was the pastor in town and she told her mom what was happening. And her mom came over and, and uh, she said, okay, and I, I forget whether Annie led her in the sinner's prayer, whether she said it on her own. I can't remember, but she got saved that morning. And then Annie told her, now we're going to go up to the radio station and tell everybody what's happening for you. Yeah. So this is pretty amazing. Now, the radio station here, we wouldn't be able to just bust in and, and share our testimony. But up in the Arctic, it's a little bit different. There's one station and they're all listening to country western music all the time. You know, it's going on and on and on. And then if you want to make an announcement, anybody can just go up to the radio station, open up the door and go in and turn on the microphone and just make, and they'll say like, Johnny, your dog is over at my house. Can you come get your dog? And everybody's listening to this one station. So they use it as like a public communications kind of thing. And, uh, and so Annie and her mother went up to the radio station and they started sharing the testimony, the miracles that were happening in Annie's house. There were, I mean, there were just a lot of crazy, unusual signs and wonders taking place. And so if anyone wants to see it, come down to the house because God's moving in, uh, in uh, Alice's house. And so uh, Pastor Annie invited everybody to come down. Alice shared her testimony. They went back to the house. Now that's great, except for the fact that that's really bad for the drug business. And uh, Alice's husband, do you remember his name? Right now, I can't remember it. 
but her husband was the drug lord in town. He was the one that was bringing all the drugs up from the south and kind of distributing them. And he heard this announcement. And you can imagine how upset he was when he heard that not only his wife got saved, but that his house was being filled with God's miracles and people were being invited to come and see the miracles that God was doing. And uh, so he decided he was going to come home and he was going to try to beat up and pick a fight with anybody that tried to come into his house. Well, people started coming to the home and as soon as they come into the home, the cloud of glory was there and they were being touched and impacted by the power of God. There's people walk in the door and they just fall out under the power of the spirit. There's people that would walk in and they weren't right. They weren't living right with God and they, they need to get right with God and just tears would begin coming. They'd, they'd fall down on their knees, begin repenting and begin asking God for forgiveness. I mean, God was doing an amazing work and, and, oh, George was his name, right? No, I think so. Okay. Well, we'll go with George. Uh, George got home and uh, I'm pretty sure his name's George. Anyway, uh, I feel bad calling him that if it's not his name. Anyway, the husband got home and uh, he was going to try to fight with anybody that was there. Well, when he got home, he felt the power of God. And the presence of God came on him and he began weeping and he began repenting. And in the doorway, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That same day, he got totally delivered from the addiction of drug and alcohol. And that was the day that the drugs stopped coming in to Wakeham Bay. Now, what happened is that that town went into a full-blown revival. And it was person after person after person began getting saved. Janet and I had the privilege of going up to that community that following summer. And when we went up, there was only three people that were not saved in the entire community. Is that amazing or what? Only three people that were not saved. And the first night we were preaching in the church, uh, one of the people that was not saved was the police officer, the uh, I don't think it's RCMP. It was uh, like a, um, anyway, kind of like RCMP, but for the Nunavik region. And uh, they were the only one that wasn't saved. And then there was two jailers in the prison that also weren't saved. And so those were the ones that weren't saved in the town. And the police officer came into the meeting, was standing at the back, kind of watching everybody that was in the meeting. And I gave an altar call that night, of course, knowing that there was basically only the police officer at the back that needed to get saved. And sure enough, the police officer came forward and gave her heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it was absolutely amazing. And, um, and so the police officer got saved. Total transformation in the police officer's life. We went back to the pastor's house afterwards. The police officer went on duty at the jail now. And when we were at the pastor's house, we were sitting on the, the kitchen floor and, I mean, up to our elbows in blood and, you know, you know, it, it, like the caribou laying. Have you ever seen these kind of pictures? They, they just, when they kill a caribou, they just kind of drag it by the legs into the kitchen and they just leave it on the kitchen floor. And then you just kind of sit down around and a good Christian fellowship would be just sitting around the caribou and kind of just digging in, you know, that's why these sleeves can go up so easily. And, you know, you just kind of go in all the way up into your elbows and just kind of pull out the meat and, and you, no need to cook it. You know, it's already warm because it was just running around. So you just take the meat and you just eat it, you know, and you just enjoy it. And, um, that's the way that, that we fellowship in the, up in the Arctic. And we, I mean, we were, it looked like a murder scene, but we were having good Christian fellowship. And the phone began ringing and Pastor Annie answered the phone. And it was the police officer calling from the jail. And uh, the police officer said that they had tried to explain what had happened to them in the meeting because the jailers were wanting to know more information about what had been seen and all that. And the police officer was wondering if we could come down to the jail to explain what had happened. Now, Janet, do you want to come and share this part of the testimony? It's so awesome. So we went over to the jail and um, there was the newly saved uh, police officer and she gave us access right over to the jailers. And so we started ministering to them and they were wide open to receive. I mean, they weren't going anywhere. They were wide open to receive. Their family actually was called in. And so we all just kind of grabbed hands through the bars with their family. They gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. And as they prayed, they could feel the evil spirits leave them. They were getting delivered. Complete deliverance was happening as they were giving their hearts to Jesus. And they testified to us that they could actually feel it like coming out 
of the top of their heads. And so we were like praising God and rejoicing, lots of tears, lots of laughter, rejoicing with them. Now we've seen a whole community saved. Every single person in this community saved. And so they were rejoicing and we were just praising God and we went back to Pastor Annie's house and then another phone call came in to Pastor Annie's. When we left that jail, there was such a powerful demonstration, a powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit that was taking place in their lives that they literally felt the jail shake. The foundation of the jail, the foundation was literally shaking because of just the power of the Holy Spirit that was there. And they got filled with tongues. They got filled with tongues and began speaking in tongues. Is that crazy or what? I mean, that's like the Bible, right? But that's here in Canada. That's in our own nation. This is what we have seen God do because when the Holy Spirit shows up and we make room for the Holy Spirit to move, there is nothing, no thing that he cannot do. God wants to move in your life. He wants to move among your children. He wants to move in your home. He wants to move in your business. He wants to move everywhere you go in your community, every place that you set your feet. God wants the Holy Spirit to flow in and through you to make transformation and total change. I just got back a week ago, last Sunday morning, I was preaching in Osaka, Japan. And, uh, and then on Monday and Tuesday, I went over to Tokyo and uh, I was ministering in Tokyo. And we are seeing a move of God happening right now in Japan where statistics say there's less than half a percent of Christians. The pastor told me, he said, we're seeing such a move of God that they actually estimate now there's about 6% Christian. That's a huge change between what you will see online if you look up statistics they just did it was um who was it was it barna or um it, i think it was maybe barna was over there just recently and had done these uh polls and uh no sorry gallup mr gallup was over there that's who it was it was mr gallup was over there and had actually met with pastor gaius lawrence who i, I minister with and had told him it's through the polling and through that it's actually about six percent christian now in japan like god is on the move and things are being changed and being transformed but let me tell you how we got there because the lord uh, gave us this scripture in psalm chapter two turn there with me real quick and then we're going to minister to anybody that that wants to receive a prayer of of impartation for the call of god that's on your life and the assignment that's on your life uh, what I want you to get and understand this morning is that there's things that God will speak to you about doing. And there is a call that, that will come upon your life and he'll call you into the ministry. He'll call you into a business endeavor or he'll call you into a, a realm of success. But unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit, unless we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to do fully what God has called us to do. In Psalm chapter 2, look at this in verse 8. David is uh, speaking uh, uh, a revelation from the Lord. And this is what the Lord is saying. He says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Ask of me. Ask of me. Ask of me. God has territory that he wants to give to you. There is regions that God wants to give to you. There are blessings that God wants to unfold in your life. But you have to be willing to ask him for it. We saw this as a very a young married couple many, many years ago. Janet and I saw this scripture. And the Lord quickened our spirit to go out and purchase a, a world map from Walmart. I mean, real cheap, maybe 2 or $3 to get a world map. And we hung that up on our apartment. We didn't have a real nice apartment, but we hung it up on the apartment wall. And uh, we pinned it up with tacks. And we begin asking the Lord, God, what nation would you have us pray for? And the Lord would begin to direct us to different nations. And we'd lay our hands on those nations. And we'd ask him for it. We'd say, Lord, give us Japan. Lord, give us Japan. We don't know anybody there. We have no connections. We have absolutely no way in the natural of being connected to this nation. But Lord, you said, ask of me. And I will give it to you. And so, Lord, we're asking. And we would lay our hands, we'd say, God, give us Japan. And then there was another one that the Lord really put upon our heart, quickened our spirit about, Hawaii. And I know that sounds funny, right? But it's true. 
And I had a burden for it. And I could feel it, that God wanted to give it to us. And so we began laying our hands on the map. Lord, give us Hawaii. Lord, give it to us. We've been all over the Arctic. Now it's time to give us Hawaii. And uh, we began asking for these nations. Hawaii is a nation in the eyes of God. Do you know that? Because it has its own culture, its own language, its own sound, its own identity. It's a nation. Now it's a part of, it's a state in the United States. But Hawaii in ancient days was a kingdom. You know that. So it's a nation. And the Lord says, asking me for the nations. And, uh, and so we, we laid our hands on the map. We asked God for the nation. Well, we were down in ministering in Atlanta, Georgia. And we had just come right out of the glory atmosphere. We were back at our hotel. It was me, Janet, and Lincoln. And, uh, and we were at the hotel. And the Lord quickened in my spirit. He said, I want you to go and book tickets to Hawaii. Now, like I told you, there's some things that you got to pray about for a long time. And other things, when the invitation comes, you just respond. You say yes. And uh, so the Lord said, book tickets to Hawaii. I'm telling you, I was on the computer booking tickets to Hawaii. I asked the Lord for the dates. He gave me the dates. And so I was booking these tickets. And Janet looked over. She said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm booking tickets to Hawaii. I didn't even talk to Janet about it. And she said, why are you booking tickets to Hawaii? We don't have money to go to Hawaii. I said, the Lord just told me to book the tickets to Hawaii. She said, you know, really? Are you sure? Hawaii? Yes, Janet, I'm telling you, the Lord just told me to book tickets to Hawaii. Well, she, she was happy that the Lord had told me this, but it was kind of like almost unbelievable. I mean, really? The Lord's telling you to book tickets to Hawaii. So I booked the tickets to Hawaii within a week. The invitation came to our office, a phone call of a lady who had been in our meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. We didn't know her, didn't know her story, but she had received a dramatic healing of her eyes. She had eye floaters and had been suffering with impairment of vision for a long time. She came to my means. I was ministering at Miracle Valley, A. Allen's old, old uh, um, campgrounds, and I was ministering at Miracle Valley, and she had been totally radically healed in those meetings. She just happened to be a Korean lady that lived in Hawaii, and she had a connection in Hawaii that was interested in bringing us over to do meetings, and she was calling to see if it was possible to come. Well, when she called, I said, the Lord already told us we're coming. These are the dates. She said, those dates are perfect. That's exactly when we need you to come. And so when you're led by the spirit of God, when the anointing comes on your life, God begins to make a way where it seems like there's no way. God begins to open up divine doors of opportunity. We just enter into that flow and God begins to carry us. And so we were, we're planning now and going over to Hawaii and we're going to be ministering in a Korean Presbyterian church and other ministries are calling saying, well, can you come, if you're going to be on Oahu, can you come and minister here? And can you come minister there? And can you come minister over here? Well, we were going to be there for about 10 days. Every single one of those days was jam packed full of ministry schedule. God filled our schedule. Why? Because he told us to go to Hawaii. So we end up over in Hawaii. We're staying in um, Oahu and we're going to be ministering at this Presbyterian, this Korean Presbyterian church. And uh, the lady who had called us and invited us to come there, she said, there's a, a pastor that has come from Korea and he's wondering if you can meet him before the meetings, if you'd be willing to pray with him. He's going through some stuff and he just needs real encouragement right now. He's wondering if you could pray for him. Well, we said, yeah, of course, absolutely. We'll come over about 10 minutes before the meeting's supposed to start. We'll come over, meet him in a back room and we'll spend some time with him ministering to him. And so we did that. We went over and we, we, we met him and we, we laid our hands on him. We began praying. And as we began praying, the power of God came down. That man got covered in glory. I mean, he got so covered in the Shekinah glory of God. He was so impacted by the power of God in that moment. He said to me, he said, uh, brother, he said, would you ever consider coming to Japan? I said, aren't you from Korea? He said, yes, I have a church in Korea, but the Lord has given me the assignment to host the largest soul winning crusades in the history of the nation of Japan. And I would like you to come to Tokyo if you think you can make room in your schedule. Now, we had been laying our hands on the map, asking God for Japan, asking him for Hawaii, not understanding there was a connection between the two, that as God took us from nation to nation, that there would be a connection from nation to nation, that God would establish it in the spirit and give it to us if we'd be willing to step in in obedience. And so he said, 
absolutely, we'll, we'll find time. Well, I was supposed to be in Virginia a few days before, and I was supposed to be in Vancouver a few days after. But we said, it doesn't matter if we have to travel all night, get off the airplane, and step up to the platform and preach and get right back on the airplane. We are going to go, and we're going to be a part of this. And that's exactly what we ended up doing. We flew all the way overseas, and we got there, and, and we arrived, and we went right into the, the, the sessions that they were having. And when I got to the, the large auditorium, it was a Saitama Super Arena, third largest auditorium in the um, stadium in the world. Um, and there was 35,000 people at this event. It's absolutely unheard of in the nation of Japan to have so many people gathered for a Christian event. Um, I got there and Pastor Young Joha, he told me, he said, now you're going to have 15 minutes, but I want you to preach, prophesy, worship, and uh, bring miracles into the, the crusade. I said, how much time do I have? He said, 15 minutes. I said, oh. He said, see, I didn't tell anybody that you were coming because they're all Presbyterian. And he said, if they knew that you were, they were coming, we would have had some board meetings and I would have got in trouble. He said, so instead, I just want you to go out on the stage and you have about 15 minutes to do it before I have to get you off the stage. Well, God will make a way, amen? God will make a way. So the Lord gave me a quick and a word to me. It was just a simple scripture that he told me I could prophesy over the people. I went out into the meeting and I was able to prophesy, release it. And miracles started falling all over that uh, stadium. Miracles began coming. People began getting dental miracles in their mouth. There were healing miracles beginning to come into their bodies. There was unusual signs and wonders that began to cover people, not just in the auditorium, but also behind the scenes, back in the dressing rooms as they were getting ready and watching over the closed circuit television. Miracles were happening back in the dressing room. I mean, the glory of God invaded that meeting. That night, 11,000 people gave their heart to Jesus Christ as a first time dedication commitment to Christ. Amen. 11,000 people in the nation of Japan. And we're still seeing the fruit of that. Just on Tuesday night when I was in Tokyo, there was a at least a hundred people, they got instant healing miracles just on Tuesday night. Instant healing miracles came to them when we were just in Japan. I mean, the fruit of this is still continuing to unfold and open. The glory of God, the knowledge of the glory shall cover the earth to the same degree that the waters cover the sea. And the way that God will do that is through you and through me as we open up and say, Lord, let your power, let your anointing, let your goodness be released in and through me. In Jesus' name, amen.